This is episode 30 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to episode 30 of Ethics and Culture Cast. I'm Ken Hellenius, the communications specialist at the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. In this episode, we sit down with a few students who traveled to Israel over the 2019 spring break on a center-sponsored pilgrimage to the Holy Land. The students, two undergraduates and a PhD candidate, talked about their expectations before the trip, their experience while in Israel, and the enduring memories that they brought back with them. Let's head into the Maritan Library for this very special conversation. little bit about yourself so that we can uh, kind of place everybody in uh, kind of space here. So uh, let's begin with you. Emily, tell us a bit about yourself. What what do you study? Where are you from? Those sorts of things. What year are you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Emily. I'm a senior. I'm from West Harrison, New York, and I'm majoring in Arabic and minoring in design and theology. Okay. How about you, John? Where are you from? And uh, what do you study? And all that kind of good stuff. So my name is John Hale. I am from Dearborn, Michigan. I'm studying political science and Italian with a minor in theology. Awesome. How about you, Father Justin? I am Father Justin Brophy from Totowa, New Jersey, and I am a fourth-year doctoral student in political theory. I study Plato and Nietzsche. And you have been here at Notre Dame before? I graduated Notre Dame in 06 and then entered the Dominican Order, and now I'm here on my second tour of duty. Well, welcome. Well, okay, so how did you all get involved in the Soren Fellows Student Formation Program? I guess, uh, how about you, John? How did you become a Soren Fellow? So I came into contact with a few friends who were older, um, a couple that graduated last year, and they kind of told me about the program when I arrived on campus, and uh, I talked with Pete, the director of the program, and uh, applied during my first semester uh, last year when I was a freshman. And um, since then, I've been involved with uh, Bread of Life Dinner, the Evangelium Vitae Dinner, uh, did an internship in Rome, and went back to Rome for the Youth Synod, and uh, I'm helping organize the coming Bread of Life Dinner. How about you, Emily? Honestly, I think I was a Soren Fellow before I knew it. I went to lots of events (laughs) with friends, like, what is this thing? And they're like, wow, why don't you actually become one? Here's the application. Um, so I think that was about sophomore year when I officially joined. And since then, kind of like John said, I've been going to the Bread of Life dinners, Evangelium Vitae dinners, but also have uh, kind of just like had this connection with all my friends and like having a common thing to talk about based on the events that we're invited to attend um, has been a really cool way to grow in our faith and intellectual side of it as well. Um, and the center has also supported travel, like traveling um, on pilgrimage to Poland this past fall, um, and also attendance at different conferences. Like um, this past March, I went to the Femme Catholic Conference. In Chicago? In Chicago. Wonderful. How about you, Father Justin? You're a graduate mission fellow. I'm a graduate mission fellow. So, you know, my time with the center goes way back to Flanner Hall and, and Professor David Solomon. So when I was an undergrad, I was I was always attending the fall conference and uh, hanging around the center. And then uh, 
and it was very formative on me, of course. Uh, or deformative, depending on who you ask. <laughs> depending uh, on the event, right? But, but for the most part, I like to think formative. And uh, when I was applying for graduate school, I, I heard that the center was was looking for mission fellows, and I applied for that. And uh, it's been formative again in a different way. And uh, for me, it's been getting put in touch with a lot of the, the visiting scholars that we have here and scholars that come in to speak and who are interested in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Uh, and, of course, I love the tailgates, too. <laughs> Plato says that, that playfulness is next to godliness, so <laughs> football's important. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what have been some of your favorite Soren Fellows programs and events, or, or in your case, Father Justin, some of the favorite things that the center does throughout the year? You've kind of begun to hint at them a bit. Yeah, so I mean, there's always the fall conference is always a highlight. I love the fall conference. Uh, it's it's so interdisciplinary, which I I love. Uh, I come from a great books background, so I love the fact that you have so many serious scholars uh, who are willing to engage the Catholic intellectual tradition from a variety of perspectives. That's always fantastic, and I I always come back from that conference with a number of things to think about, and the themes are always great. Uh, so that that's always that's always a big thing. You know, the lectures throughout the year, uh, Evangelium Vitae dinner is always fun. I've been to all of those since I've been here. So, yeah. How about you, Miss Emily? What have been some of your favorite things throughout the years? Yeah, I think anything CC-related always has great company and great food. So definitely, like, (laughs) centered around that. The tailgates are um, a lot of fun in the fall. Um as well as, like, yeah, the dinner opportunities that cropped up um, to um, share in meals with people visiting. Um, yeah, those are the things that come to mind. John, you you made some references <laughs> to highlights, but any special things that jump out at you? Yeah, I, I definitely concur with, with Emily and Father Justin in that uh, stuff such as the fall conference have certainly been very formative and very thought-provoking. Um, I think that the single most formative experience for me was the fall break pilgrimage to Rome. Um, I bonded with a lot of Soren fellows that I only loosely knew before, a lot of faculty members. Uh, I formed a lot of great relationships and really felt a call to go deeper in my faith. And uh, my life's been significantly impacted as a result of that trip. So I'm very thankful to have had that opportunity. Cool. Well, let's talk a bit about the spring break pilgrimage to Israel that we all were blessed to participate in. Um, I guess before we left, what were you most looking forward to? Because I'm I'm pretty sure that when you were on the ground, it may have changed what you were, what you thought you were looking forward to, and what you did. So, how about uh, how about you, Emily? Yeah, I agree. So, Holy Land has been a place I've really wanted and hoped to go to for a long time. I think that's because it's such a crossroads of a lot of aspects of my identity and also my course of study um, in terms of being a Catholic, studying Arabic, um, and also having Jewish heritage yeah. on the side of my family. So, yeah, I just like, really desired to be at a place that seems to bring a lot of these aspects together. Sure. Father Justin, what, uh, what did you think? In complete honesty, I did not know what to expect. Uh, I obviously there's a lot of things, a lot of sights that you you look forward to seeing. Uh, 
certainly Holy Sepulchre and Garden of Gethsemane and the Sea of Galilee, uh, Jerusalem itself, the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I was I was kind of swimming uh, with work beforehand and preparation beforehand. Uh, and so and the excitement of it, uh, I, I honestly, I really didn't know what what to expect going yeah. on. Yeah. John? Yeah, just the nature of these CEC events and of a lot of what Notre Dame does in general, um, it's very multifaceted, and I certainly didn't expect how geopolitically focused our trip would be, but I thought that it was very well presented, and it did a really good job of framing historical events in the context of why they're still relevant and important. And it did, uh, for me at least, the trip did a really good job of kind of presenting a holistic view of what the Holy Land means and meant back then. Um, and in addition to the bonds, the the obvious friendships that are formed from an experience like that, you go with people for 10 days and not a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it, it was it was a really, I would say, just a very holistic pilgrimage experience. Um, there, were, there were things to offer up. There's a lot more to be thankful for. And uh, I'm very... I'm a much better person, I think, for having had that experience. That's kind of what we were anticipating. But uh, what were some of the actual highlights for you on the ground? Yeah, I'll jump in. I would say, so like Father Justin mentioned, the stuff that you expect is Holy Sepulchre, Gethsemane, which are absolutely highlights and things that you need to see. But I find that sometimes on experiences like this, there are things that you don't anticipate that end up shocking you. And one of those things for me was, I believe, the second or third day, we went up into the Golan Heights, and we were on Mount Bental. And overlooking, we could see in one one frame of the eye, could see the slopes of Lebanon. You could see a, a quarry and a city in Syria. And we were standing in Israel. And if you could have moved the mountain, you would have seen Jordan. So I think that just being in such a diverse location... And we could see probably 1,500 feet in front of us, like farms where, where our guide said that ISIS was just five months prior to us being there. Yeah. And that was pretty mind-blowing. It's stuff that you see on the news, and it just it really, really took my breath away that you know, so much suffering had gone on there, and here we are right now. And it was, a, it was an opportunity to, to pray for peace and healing and also just very eye-opening in that these events are real and they impact real lives. Emily, how about you? What were some highlights on the ground? Yeah, I'd say I was immediately struck by the beauty of Israel. Um, I Imagination has always been a part of my life. Like, I was imaginative as a kid, and also the way my prayer shape is shaped is really through images. So I really didn't expect how powerful it would be to be able to see and experience and, like, smell and taste, like, aspects of of the Holy Land and see that kind of color the way that now I can receive um, and hear the word of God in mass. So like being able to pray morning prayer in front of the Sea of Galilee, like we say in the Canticle of Daniel, and it seemed like when we called out the names of the earth and water creatures and uh, the birds, like they like kind of leapt out and were responding to that prayer. Um, So that was really beautiful. Um, and powerful to pray in that way with a backdrop right there. Um, and I'd also say I was really touched by the ways that we were able to learn about Judaism throughout the week, um, in particular praying at the Western Wall 
and really feeling um, as Christians there with also um, the Jewish woman there. Like we were all like seeking to find God's presence there um, and like praying for a restoration of a temple, um, of course, and like different understandings, but yet also like a similar understanding too. Um, and yeah, Shabbat dinner was just like really fun and I felt very <laughs> at home there. So yeah, those yeah. are some of the things that really touched my heart. And Father Justin, you celebrated Mass for us every day, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, including you know, in the tomb of the Lord. Um, but not to lead the witness, but what were some highlights for you? Yeah, so th- there were two, uh, and there—I mean, there's so, there's more than two. There were a ton, yeah. but there's two that stick out. And and first, as you say, was Mass in the in the Holy Sepulchre, and uh, you know, the altar is essentially the the stone slab on on which the body of Christ laid. And that was really powerful and profound. Uh, singing of, uh, or saying a votive mass of the resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, and then taking communion from the tomb out to the people was just deeply symbolic and powerful for me. Uh, it was really cool. The second thing that, that was really amazing was it, it wasn't one place in particular, but it started on day one or two, I think day two, when we were at Mount Beatitude. And uh, for me, it was just realizing how right St. Dominic got, got Jesus Christ. Uh, to really see Jesus as a wandering preacher, mm-hmm. uh, to see the places where he preached and to see the things that he preached about, uh, mustard plants and rocky soil and rich soil, uh, th- that these are things I knew intellectually, but to see it mm-hmm. and to experience it emotionally, it was just a different, uh, a different experience altogether. And it made me feel closer to Christ. It made me feel closer to my father, Dominic. And that was a really profound takeaway for me. Yeah. Each day, um, well, not every day, obviously, because we were busy and on the go, you know, almost constantly. But there were a few days when we had a chance just to sit down and pray or journal or really, I just kind of looked and, and I watched, you know, students doing these things and just kind of smelling and looking and, and, and listening uh, for me was a real highlight that, that uh, I mean, I kind of take away because that's this idea of meditation not quite contemplation it wasn't it wasn't quite there but but still yeah an amazing experience what are some things that you've taken away or that you that you expect you're going to remember most i can tell you one one personal story it was when we were at nazareth um and there's an inscription on the altar in the cave where the angel gabriel appeared to mary and it says the word became flesh here. And I know uh, Ken had been leading us in the Angelus every day. And uh, it was kind of a, a priming of us for this moment. And uh, the words of the Angelus actually changed to reflect the location of, of the Church of the, of the Annunciation. And I guess of the Incarnation. Um, and uh, for... I w- I'm actually taking Professor Cavadini's class, and we're talking about how the uh, the word became flesh, and to see like the word became flesh here really just synthesized a lot of different things for me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was something that I I won't forget. And I actually I opened up Luke's gospel, and I read uh, that God said to the angel, 
Gabriel, go to Nazareth of Galilee, which is where we were. And it was just incredible that it's an actual place on the map that God came to in the flesh. Yeah. That was very powerful for me. We had that death march afterward that it seemed like yeah. uh, to, the, to, to lunch, which was one of the best lunches oh. we had the whole time. Oh, yeah. That was Peter Bread was <laughs> yeah. out of this world. Yeah. Oh. And we had those, that, the, the macaroons at oh, that yeah. place that were like eating a cloud. I had about there. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Emily? What's your uh, takeaway? Hmm. I guess one thing I've been thinking a lot about is the experience on the Mount of Transfiguration, like being up there and seeing the view. And kind of like the first time really getting it, being like, wow, it is so good that we are here. I don't want to leave. Like, can I just stay? Um, I think going back from pilgrimage was also especially difficult in that way, like especially like experiencing Christ in such a real and personal way. And then coming back and being like, all right, we're back to school, back to the back to the daily life. So I guess that is challenge me to find Christ more in the everyday, in the more ordinary, mundane things. Um, but when I need nourishment or a reminder of, of him, just like closing my eyes and like trying to picture him in the scenes that we were um, and like finding new comfort in that. Uh, Justin? So the experience of, of being a priest in the Holy Land was really... Uh, really profound. And of course, you know, as a priest, I'm privileged enough to exercise that priesthood everywhere I am and, and anytime I want. And that, well, not anytime I want, but every time, period. Uh, but I mean, to, to hear confessions on the Sea of Galilee and to pray morning prayer at, at the Sea of Galilee and uh, to say Mass uh, where miracles occurred and where Christ was buried it was really uh it was really special to think this is where it all began this is where everything began this is where the lord exercised his ministry this is where the apostles uh first performed the sacraments that was really special for me and of course you know the group of of students we brought were just unbelievably awesome so it was great to to be there with them uh and they were so edifying to me so it was great well, and that's actually how this particular conversation started was the <laughs> Emily and John, the three of us were in one row on the airplane on the way over. Mm -hmm. And because uh, it was a rickety old airplane that didn't have television or anything like that, any of the modern conveniences. And I know this sounds like a real first world problem. <laughs> but uh, we started talking about this idea of <laughs> of having a conversation when we get back. Mm -hmm. um, so where do you guys go from here, actually? You know, kind of impractical. Um, <laughs> what are you doing this summer? Uh, this summer I'm going to be interning, actually, at the Federal District Court in Detroit and then tentatively doing some research in the Archdiocese of Sydney, Australia, with Archbishop Anthony Fisher, OB. who is a Dominican. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Father Justin. We met him in Rome. In Rome. That's right. Yeah. That was the genesis of that. Oh, far out. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And then I'll probably be five five days a week at the court and then weekends get a little restaurant hustle or something <laughs> to supplement. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Emily, you're going to graduate. Yeah. What are I'm... you going to go off and do? And, and I know this is a fraught question, isn't it? <laughs> well, the day after graduation, I'm going to be traveling to East Africa with folk choir. We're going to go on pilgrimage. Wonderful. Um, to Tanzania, Uganda, and Kenya. 
Um, and then a couple of day turnaround, I'm coming back to campus for the summer to serve for the second time um, as a vision mentor for mm-hmm. Notre Dame Vision. And then after that, I'll be moving home and working in Connecticut um, as a compliance analyst for AQR Capital Management. So that's fun, the plan. Fun. That's it? <laughs> no, really um, maximizing the summer and things. Father Justin, you're continuing to write. I yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm continuing to write, continuing to preach. Awesome. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, this has been a delightful conversation. Thank, Thank you so you. much for for coming, and thanks for making this pilgrimage and and being part of the Soren Fellows program. Thank you. It's really made a Thank you. Difference Thank for you, us. Ken. So when do we take our live callers? <laughs> I'm glad we were put on the same row of the airplane. <laughs> Thank you to John, Emily, and Father Justin for the marvelous conversation. Find links to information about the Soren Fellows program, as well as some Facebook memories from the trip in the show notes. Subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast so that you can always get the latest episodes by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. We would love your feedback. Please give us a review wherever you get your podcasts and email your suggestions to cecpodcast at nd.edu. Our theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes. Licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions.